0: We expect all employees to hit the ground running as soon as we hire them. Get going, get the job done, you'll figure it out, you'll, you'll get the job done exactly the way you need to get it done. Unfortunately, what this le- leads us to is a situation where people actually miss expectations. Today, in the Practicing Leader podcast, we're going to talk about this. I'm your host, Prul Bargava. feeling when you start a brand new job you're excited you're ready to get started and you start looking at the things you've been asked to do and you're like i actually don't understand what's supposed to be happening here all right who can i ask that's the feeling which we all try to get past as quickly as possible where we try to go figure it out we do our best and then we make a couple mistakes. We build up some more experience. We get better at it and we get better at it. And eventually we're like, you know what? I got this. But then your boss gives you the new thing to do. And then you're like, okay, it's that feeling again I had before um, where I don't feel like I know what's going on. Okay, who else do I ask? Or how do I figure these things out? This is what this podcast is about is how do you help individuals get past that feeling and through those stages of growth? as quickly as possible telling somebody you want them to just get up on their feet and get on running and get going immediately doesn't always work the the proverbial crawl walk run is there for a reason because people need an opportunity to be able to learn how they're going to actually deliver on a on a result before they actually are able to do so there's gonna be some learning there's gonna be some levels of maturity that's gonna need to be achieved some level of nuance all these things will play a part whether it is because the task that you provided doesn't have enough specifics, or if the relationship between the person that's providing the instruction and the group involved isn't quite built built really strongly yet, whether or not the individual that's receiving the instruction doesn't have the level of experience required to be able to complete the task, or even just the person that's providing the task or providing the guidance doesn't necessarily have the right level of authority. All of these can play a factor on kind of how you actually deliver on a set of results and how that, those results will be achieved. How you approach situational leadership is actually covered in, in the theories that are actually presented by two authors, Kenneth Blanchard and Paul Hersey. And it's covered in two different books, The Situational Leader, Leader and The One-Minute Manager. Between these two books together, they talk about four different types of leadership styles. The first one is called Telling. It's as exactly as, as you would expect. You're telling a person what they need to do and how to do it. The next level is called selling, where the leader, the supervisor, or the manager says, I'm going to try to sell you a concept. I'm going to try to get you to agree and to then conduct and be able to produce the result that you need to produce. The next one is participating, where the leader takes more less of a role in defining how you do it But allows the group to be able to define, here's how we're going to go deliver on this result. They're going to go drive that on their own. But there's still going to be some level of guidance that's provided by that leader. And then finally, delegating. This is where it's taking more of a hands-off approach and saying, hey, here's how we're going to deliver this thing. I want you to go deliver this project. And then it's up to the individual who's been assigned to go figure out exactly how they're going to go do it. The right style of leadership to choose or the right path to take is dependent on the maturity of the individuals that are involved. This would be related to level of knowledge, what level of confidence, what are they able to do, what, are they, what kind of experiences that they have. You can break this out into four quadrants or four spaces. First one being folks that are first starting out, they have a lack of knowledge or skills, and, but a, a willingness to actually complete the task. They want to try to do it. The next one are folks that are willing and enthusiastic, but lack the ability. And the one after that would be folks that have skills and capabilities. They can complete the task, but not necessarily willing to take the responsibility. And then finally, I've personally, we have people that are both highly skilled and willing to complete the task. And it's a gradient of where people fall in this as they're going through and completing tasks or completing the, completing get results. The right style of leadership is really dependent on what's the level of maturity that the individual or group actually exhibits. This can be based upon level of knowledge, it can be based upon competence, it can be based on a number of different things. Depending on which group these individuals that you're working with fall into will dictate what kind of leadership style you should be using in order to be able to get the best results possible. When they talk about the leadership styles and coupling them up with maturity levels, they actually are very directly related. Folks at a little bit lower in the maturity scale are ones that are probably going to do really, really well when they're told what to do and how to do it, where they're being sold a concept of how to do something. Next, one, our next level of maturity will be about how do you participate and actually bring somebody along on the journey and then allow them to take a little bit more responsibility in how they deliver the result. And then finally, with the highest level of maturity, will also come full-on delegation. Situational leadership... 2, or the SL2 model, was actually developed by Kenneth Blanchard. This is similar to the author I was mentioning earlier. And it was based on the original theory of saying, okay, well, how are each of these, these pieces linking together? How do we figure out what level of maturity do people have, and then what level of leadership are they requiring? And it developed further to be able to talk about where we've got not necessarily maturity, but level of competence and commitment, Incompetence and commitment are, are used in a very objective term. This is not to describe somebody with judgment, but instead to talk about somebody that is early in career, early in expertise in the work that they are doing. The disillusioned learner is a place where we've got some level of competence or expertise, but we've experienced setbacks. Like we tried to do something for the first time and it really, really didn't turn out well. And this is where... A lot of folks spend their time getting stuck in this second stage because they need assistance to be able to get out of that. They need some help to be able to push themselves into the next stage, which is called capable but cautious performer. This is where a person is, is growing in their level of competence or expertise, and now the level of commitment is now wavering a little bit. They're getting a little bit better. They're trying to figure out how they need to do things, and we're going through and we're getting better and better. And then finally, self-reliant achiever. Now, a person that is highly competent as well as committed, meaning they are now self, uh, self-reliant self and able to deliver on the work that they need to do. And this is where we see different people in different stages. In my experience, everyone wants everybody to be at the final two stages and are somewhat boggled by what to do with folks that are in the first and second stages for the most part. Because that's where the hard work is for managers and for leaders are trying to coach people through. And this is where they provide different types of leadership styles to help people through these things, because sometimes people need a little bit of guidance. So if a person that's really early in their early on in, in their efforts, and you think about an enthusiastic beginner, that person probably is going to require a little bit more direction. They're going to require to, be, able to told, be told a little bit about how things are working and what needs to be done and be given some very, very tight direction to help them be successful, to build the level of expertise and competence and the confidence in themselves to be able to do something. The disillusioned learner needs more of a coaching mentality of, Hey, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Why don't we try doing this other step slightly differently? trying to help them along so that way they can learn and be able to figure out what is it that they need to do in order to be able to achieve the result they need to achieve. This helps them get out of that that second quadrant or that second stage as quickly as possible. The second stage is where people become disillusioned as well as become dissatisfied with their job. The longer that they stay there, the higher risk of attrition that there is for that individual. The capable and cautious performer doesn't really need to be coached so much. They need to be have somebody that's there available to them to ask questions, run things past one another, be able to say, hey, I've got this idea, can I bounce this off of you? Give you some way to be able to provide less directive behavior, but more supporting behaviors. And then finally, the self-reliant achiever. This is where full-on delegation, hey, I'm going to give you a project, I'd like you to go deliver on this project for me. And this is where... Individuals are able to take that lump of things to do and say, Great, I will go deliver on that immediately. Whenever we look at a new task, a new project, a new job, all of these things push us from a self reliant achiever back down to an enthusiastic beginner where we believe we've got the high level of expertise and competence, but in actuality, we may not realize how little we know. So, for example, and I'll use my personal example I started wood turning. Um, about a couple years ago, and I can tell you that I have no idea what I'm doing, and I do my best. I try it, but I realize that I can't know everything about how wood turning works. Every new activity or any new any new method I learn is going to require me to kind of go through these stages one at a time, over and over again. Same thing when I look at a when someone takes a new job. If you take a new job, you now moved into a new role, you've got a new organization, you've got a new set of people you need to work with, you're now back in that place where you're now having to learn everything again. And your job as an employee or as a person that's starting off in something new is to move from that bottom-most stage where you're still trying to build competence or expertise and m- maximize the speed at which you can get to being self self-reliant. Similarly, if you're coaching someone, the goal is to move somebody from the lowest level or the lowest um, level of competence up to the highest level of competence and help them through the difficult times. Same thing if you're a manager or a supervisor. It's your job to help them go through those things. Don't just delegate something. Delegate and teach them how to do it because what they don't realize is what they don't know. And you do because if you're delegating it, chances are you already know how it happens and how it works So it's your job to try to help bring them along rather than trying to get them to discover it on their own, because that will be the slowest path to get to the best results possible. Let me give you a specific example of where somebody could be getting less than enough detail when they're trying to go to execute against a set of tasks. Let's say I, as a manager, I'm asking for one of my employees, I need you to go put together a proposal about why we need more resources. For project X. And now, if that's the only level of direction I provide, this assumes that the employee already understands how to write a proposal, assumes how it could be presented, assumes who it'll be presented to, and the employee could say, sure, I'll go do that. Now, if this is the first time I'm assigning this employee something like this, a better a better way to make the request would be is I'd like you to put put together a presentation for our management chain. We'll be able to go through. I'd like to go through and review a draft with you, and I'd like to figure out when you can put it together and be able to walk through what are the numbers, how are they going to put together? Can you make sure you include whether or not we need buy hardware or not? Can you also include this in a PowerPoint presentation for us to be able to review day after tomorrow? Now I provided context. I provided some additional guidance of how I want it to be presented, when it needs to be provided by, and I've provided a lot more direction for that individual. Now, not everyone's going to need that, but this is one of those things where more information is better, and this is where it also gives the employee some place to be able to ask some questions and be able to get more information from me. Now, both of these scenarios are quite possible, depending if somebody is highly mature, the first one would have been just fine. But a person that's earlier in career might require more direction. Depending on the level of maturity of the individual I'm making the request to, I'll have a different way of asking the question. When you look at the type of leadership style you need to exhibit, whether it be in delegation or in terms of how do you help an individual, whether it be in the, in the role of a coach or the role of a manager or just as a peer, someone asking for assistance, depending on... What kind of relationship you have with that individual, what kind of task and what kind of definition it has, what level of authority that you have in the space that you're being asked about, and what level of maturity the individual that you're speaking with has. These all play factors in terms of how you should try to be able to provide guidance to an individual. Sometimes it'll be directive, sometimes it'll be delegation, sometimes it'll be coaching, sometimes it'll be supporting or just simply answering questions. Just be aware of how you're, you're showing up for that individual and making sure that you're doing your best to try to help them be successful in the world that they're trying to achieve or the results that they're trying to get. The important thing in all of that is making sure that you show up for them where they need you versus just showing up. This is where if you show for somebody in the way that they need you, it's going to turn out with the best result for them. And that's really what your focus should be. Leadership is something that needs to be practiced. It needs to be done in order to be able to exhibit it best for others. If you'd like to learn more about how to be a practicing leader, please go ahead and go to thepracticingleader.com slash workshop. I'll be putting together a workshop to talk about the mindset and how you actually show up the best for others and for yourself. Thank you again for listening to the Practicing Leader podcast. I'm your host, Parul Bargava, and I'll talk to you next week.